This is Amateur Logic, episode 103 for April 15th, 2017. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com and by ICOM. Get out, get mobile with ICOM this spring. Welcome to Amateur Logic, episode 103. I'm George. I'm Tommy. Um, I'm Peter. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And you can see we have a special guest with us tonight, VE3MIC. Yep. Uh, all the way from the Great White North, although it looks kind of toasty in there tonight. Mike, what is that behind you? <laughs> we, we turned the app up to melt all the snow, and we have none left except for where it's been shaded by the uh, sun. Uh, so all our snow's gone, and we've ha- actually had some rain the last couple of days off and on, so things are looking pretty green now. Okay. Good deal. Well, we've got uh, an interesting show lined up tonight. We we don't really have a plan tonight. I have been out for, ever since last Sunday, working about 12 or 14 hours a day at a tower site. We've been installing... Well, I put four new low-power radio stations on the air and, and one backup, and it's not done yet, but I did get them on the air, but I just I haven't hardly been here to, to do anything in preparation for the show. I've only been home to sleep pretty much, you know, like you do. Yeah. You know. Well, it should be an interesting show then. should be an interesting show. Uh, it's not very well planned. We've got a lot of backup. Yeah, we do. We we formed a posse before we began. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I kind of nod off over here, just kind of <laughs> poke me. I'll just hit you with a mouse cursor. I'm just kind of having a hard time finding this mouse pointer on here anyway. Okay. Well. What <laughs> <laughs> much to say about yeah, that? I don't have anything else to say about that. What have you been <laughs> up to, Tommy? Uh, just the same old stuff. I uh, been doing a little ham radio maintenance around the house um so i decided to take everybody along on the on the uh, repair job this month okay peter you've been doing a little repair work yourself haven't you i have indeed i uh i recycled an old lcv screen and you'll get to see a little bit of that a little bit later okay email what have you been up to well besides uh absorbing some of this uh sun activity there's been a flurry of uh, sun activity whether it's you know seems to knock out hf uh as far as that goes so besides that i've been you know hitting that raspberry pi pretty hard and that's what uh, i'm talking about today are you gaining any weight from it or are you (laughs) calling pretty pretty yeah i've been eating a lot of bites of pie for sure (laughs) okay (laughs) and mike um what have you been up to you've actually got a project for us tonight i i do i 
I had the parts, most of the parts, for about two years, just sitting there. And I've, I've got a box over here I'll, I'll try to show you a little later of all these projects that I've been meaning to do but never got a chance to do them. Two so years. I finally finished the balance. Two years is the going time. I usually will buy something that'll sit there for two years before I actually mm-hmm. put it together. I know you give me a hard time about that. That, that was kind of like um, I was following your example on the DV Mega there. Yeah, I think I probably had it about two years, and I finally gave it to you. And you yeah, put it before I put for it me. together for you. Yeah. <laughs> See, everything I do takes two years. Yeah. Even well, his stuff. Well, I've been having some fun playing with that too. That is, that is pretty neat. Do you know all the a different handy talky digital modes pretty much i oh, guess yeah. now that's a that's a, just a great little device yeah it's so versatile i love mine yeah me too well i guess maybe we'll get on into the show tonight um you know anytime we're doing a show we've got a chat room going on at the same time you know i'm so tired i can't even remember which button to push tommy i think just it's hit this one, one of them that one okay. that'll do We've got a chat room going on. Join us over at amateurlogic.tv slash chat. They're in there having a big time, and we've kind of distracted Mike this week. He, he'll he be in there, but, um, you know, he, well, we hope he much. keeps at least one eye toward the camera here. That should be interesting. You can turn the other one wherever If he's going to do that, I'm going to keep the camera on him mostly tonight just to see how he can pull that off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to list a proxy or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. And and you're going to find me looking at the cheat sheet a lot tonight because there's not hardly anything on it. So what little bit is there, I don't want to miss any of it. It's all valuable. It's all valuable. You know, <clears throat> John uh, Baggett, K2BAG. Mm-hmm. Has been on the road again with that hat. How do you like that, Tommy? There you go. Nice. Down in the SEC. Yeah, I've forgotten where he said that was. That was... Uh, I'm thinking Florida. Yeah, I I think (laughs) you're right. Yeah, good chance. Yeah. I think it was in a truck stop. Gainesville? Yeah, maybe. You know, he gets around a pretty good bit, too. Daytona Beach. And as you can see... The Amateur Logic hat is right there in the middle on top of the rest of them. Right there where it belongs, right on the top. We didn't have any gator swag on it. Nope. Alabama might have to watch out for the Amateur Logic team. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, he didn't stay in Florida forever. He didn't. No, because the hat showed up somewhere else. Uh, And with somebody else. You know that fellow? I know that fellow. That's our buddy Gordon. Yeah, where Gordo. was this? Uh, that is, I guess it's a ham fest in Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, John will probably uh, give us some more details on that. But I'm not sure what, it looks like it's in the um, the Hilton Convention Center, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of. Of course, all the convention centers sort of look the same. It does yeah. kind of look like that, though. Gordo was mighty proud of that hat too. You can you can tell there. Apparently, John had to claw it out of his hands to get it back. He did. <laughs> wow, that's cool, John. John, uh, he represents a lot all he over does. the place. Yep, it's pretty cool. Thanks for that, John. And you know, if one of you out there have got some amateur logic swag, 
Take a picture of it when you're on the road, when you're sitting at home in your comfy chair or ham shack or, or yeah. just wherever. Send, send it in, and I'm pretty sure you'll end up on, uh, or your picture will end up here on the show. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting kind of hoarse already. NVCon. Nevadacon? Yeah, I guess so. NVCon. Okay. All right, John, thanks for those. We, we enjoy uh, seeing your travels. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, he gets around a good bit. I didn't know he traveled that much. I didn't either, but apparently he's been to Tommy's Joint and stayed yeah, at the King Drew, George Hotel. King George Hotel, that's right. Recently. So. He finds all the best places. Yeah. Uh, have you got an email or a, or a post or anything? I do have an email. Tonight? Yeah, actually, uh, this was from uh, Rick, KG5RJU. He said, Tommy, I met you at the DFW Car Rental Center last week. Shook your hand near Sally's Grilled Cheese in the lobby. I received my tech license on January 20 and have enjoyed continuing to watch Amateur Logic in Ham College. I'm studying for the general and I should take the test in about a month. And he asked if I ever tried one of the sandwiches there, try the Maverick. And I actually did try one, but I got the Big D because I was in the Big D. I had to try that. But, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I was walking through the car rental center in Dallas and somebody come up and uh, said hey are you Tommy I said yeah he was one of, obviously one of the viewers of the show it was pretty cool to meet yeah. him there you know I bet that's that's really tough with all the traveling you do and getting mobbed like that get, all everywhere getting mobbed like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> being a celebrity and all and we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes oh uh, we will but, yeah we okay. will <laughs> you may not Uh-oh. realize that yet but uh uh-oh, but, I think but I we will. hear my mom calling me. I need to go. <laughs> you want to set up your segment for tonight? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, the ones of you that follow on Facebook, I posted a picture. I had been having some trouble with my antenna on my truck, and I picked up the stuff at the Ham Fest in Jackson in February and just finally decided to, to fix it. You I had a little a, motivation to fix it. You didn't wait a couple of years? No, I couldn't wait a couple of years on that when I needed my <laughs> mobile to work. Today I'm going to work on my antenna for my truck, my uh, 2 meter, 70 centimeter antenna. Uh, I, let, I let my son use my truck when I was gone out of town while his car was in the shop and he was going to be nice and take my antenna off so no one would steal it and he didn't realize that uh, the, the inside of my mount was messed up. So we're going to replace this mount today and this coax and see if I can get my vehicle back on the air. Let's take a little closer look at the problem here. The problem is this antenna connector is corroded in here. The piece that holds the center from spinning is gone, essentially just gone away. So when you tighten the antenna up on the mount, it just rotates around and it breaks the coax center conductor. So then you, I have a actually high SWR, no contact to the radio on the antenna. So we're going to take this off. The connector that I bought doesn't really fit this mount, so we're going to drill this mount out and see what happens. I should be able to adapt that new um, antenna assembly here to this mount and then just run my coax into the cab of the truck and it should be good to go. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to go ahead and, and take this off and see if we can get moving. I took this apart one time put the antenna on the mount and soldered it back because I didn't have a connector to replace it with 
And uh, and anyway, I went to when I was at the Jackson Ham Fest this year. I went to the MFJ booth and I bought the one to replace it. You can see pretty easily that that's not going to fit, so I'm going to have to wallow it out just a little bit. So what I think I'll do is mark it with my sharpie, so I have an idea about how much. got my top-notch Harbor Freight uh, tapping drill or step bit rather I'm think this big one's going to be the right one so let's get that out <clears throat> hopefully it'll hold up to the job because these are generally like one job tools and I'll put it in my good old drill here Typically, you'd probably want to use a corded drill, but I don't have a good one that the chuck's not stripped out on. First of all, first things first, safety glasses. like one more I believe that's gonna do it that was a little easier than I thought it was gonna be got a few burrs on the bottom here See how she fits. Nice and tight, that's what I wanted. After I tighten this down, I'm going to run it like this, but if I end up having to tighten it up very often, if it vibrates loose or something, I'm going to put a drop. Of blue Loctite on these threads at the bottom and see if I can uh, keep it from moving but I think I'll probably be okay I got my adjustable socket set here one size fits all Oh, that tightens up nice. I don't think it's going to need any Loctite at all. Very tight. So that's actually tighter than the original one was. I, I could have replaced this bracket easy enough, but I hated to drill more holes in the body of my truck. So next, first things first here. I'm going to have to do away with this. 
if you notice these these little caps come in handy if you need a weatherproof cap for that I, I made this original one and all it is is exactly one of these PL259 rings here but I soldered a penny to the bottom of it and then I, I ground the penny off I hated to ruin a, a money even though it's just a penny but I couldn't find anything else that would fit so anyway soldered it and I've been using this thing for about right at 12 years now and it holds up nicely it keeps water out if I need to take my antenna off for some reason let me get something to cut this with and I'll be right back okay so now it's time to cut the factory end off of here I need to cut it because I need to run it over down under the cab of the truck and up through a little small hole that I've got with a piece of rubber around it and get this in and then I'll take my battery soldering iron and put the end back on the cable a new end on the cable one of my again one from my trusty stash so let's go ahead and cut it <clears throat> I put hangers under here the last time. Now, I'll cut this old end off so I can feed it through. And I'll have one end with the PL259 still on it. And then the other end will be open and I can use it for something else later. I unhooked the PL259 from the back of the radio, but I'm going to have to crawl under here and fish the wire through. So Now let's hang the coax in the hangar so I don't have a bunch of slack to deal with afterwards. When I first mounted this in the truck, I used to hear, if I'd go over a little bump, I'd hear something tapping. And I finally figured out the coax was slapping under the bottom of the truck. So I bought some of this Gorilla Tape and I actually just kind of use it to secure it to the frame of the truck and the body of the truck so I don't hear any of that tapping. And don't get any rubbing on the jacket of the coax and uh, it's been some good stuff I put it under there it's been under there for years and uh, anyway it's a good good uh, a good thing to kind of keep the noise down and make sure that you don't have rubbing on your insulation on your coax jacket Well, we're moving right along. Now I'm gonna plug up my battery powered soldering iron and let it be getting hot while I strip my coax cable. Notice that both of the ends are black. It doesn't matter which one you put it on. And we'll just wait for it to get hot and go back around here and get our coax ready, our PL259. Alright, so let's go ahead and get this stuff together. Well, it's about that time. So let's go ahead and put the antenna on. Let's go ahead and hook it up to our antenna analyzer and make sure I don't have any shorts in my PL259 here. You don't have to use this, I just prefer to use it instead of hooking it up to the radio first. And we've got it on the right scale, 114 to 170 megahertz. And I turned it on. Frequency is 
146.2 and I've got less than a 1.5 and if I go up and down through the band my SWR is pretty good so I think I'm okay it's less than 1.5 across the band so I think we're good I'll hook it up to my radio and I'll be back on the air so Anyway, appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. 73. Something I had to do, and I thought it might be kind of a neat segment. So I was surprised to see you cut that PL259 off that coax. I mean, it was already on there good, and you you had the tools. I'm not, I wasn't going to waller, waller yeah. the hole out in the bottom of my truck that big. So <laughs> yeah. it worked out just fine. I have to do something with that stash of PL259s I've got out there in my building anyway. You think that? You'll get another use out of that Harbor Freight bit there? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I was, I think I mentioned to you, I wondered if it was going to even work mm-hmm. on that stainless steel mount, but you saw it cut right through it, and I looked at the bit, and it's still just as sharp as it was when I wow. started. So that might be one of the few tools I got from there that's actually worth the money I paid for it. They're pretty cheap, too. You know, I, I had seen those there, and I thought, well, I've already got a good, several good ones, expensive mm-hmm. ones. I saw those and I said, ah, "Man, you can probably use those things once and they'll be it." But, well, that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but it worked out okay. I think it's fine. I'll I'll get to use them, you know, plenty more times. I'm sure. Tommy, was that um, uh, MFJ's PL259 mount? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's a it's really nice, heavy stainless steel one too. Um, yeah. Real happy with it. I had the same one. I like the weight of the coax too. It's like really dense. Uh huh. Coax. Yeah, that's a good mount. So it's a lot better than the original one that I had on there. Yeah. Well, Peter, I think you've got. What have you got? A email or a Facebook post or something for us tonight? I've got a Facebook post here from Andy, and he said, "Okay, guys and gals, who in here does SWL shortwave listing? I'm looking to buy a new shortwave radio. I want something with SSB, AM, and FM." What's the best bang for the buck, and what's the one to stay away from? Um, and I, I don't know what to stay away from, but it's, the really, really cheap radios are no good. But uh, many years ago, I recommended the Deegan DE1103, also sold as the Kaito KA1103. And if that's still available, I, I, I'd still swear by it. It's a terrific radio and uh, sold for well under $100. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ted Randall recommends a, a real small little shortwave yeah, receiver. Yeah, C-Crane. No, that's not a C-Crane. Yeah, it's a What's C-Crane. Uh, I forget the model of it, but it's a small one, mm-hmm. a C-Crane, I think it is. Um, I looked at them. I thought about buying one at the yeah. Hamfest, but it doesn't have a BFO. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I've got, you know, a realistic one, a, a Radio Shack one that, um, I've had it for a number of years now, but it's actually a Sanjian. It's a pretty mm-hmm. nice one, but it was more than $100. Yeah. Um, uh, email sounds like maybe he's got one. I, I do. Um, uh, the Sanjian 909, it's not exactly cheap old man yeah. compliant. That's what mine is. It's the same thing as that one, I think. Uh, P- Peter, did he did he mention whether or not he wanted a uh, portable like that, or did does it matter? No, he didn't actually state whether he wanted uh, uh, 
portable or not, but uh, most of them these days are portable, so I, I presume that's the, what, what he would be going for. You got any recommendations, Mike? Yeah, by a, um, I, I have a Grundig that I bought oh several yeah. years ago at Radio Shack uh, when they were still here, and I built a BFO for mine, and it's really easy. It, it uses one IC, and I think I stole a ceramic resonator out of an old TV remote controller. It's it's mm. it's really simple, super super simple to do. You've been taking another bite of the pie, Mel. What? I definitely have been taking too much bites. Too many bites of the pies, and it's it's plural now, and I'm eating them all at the same time. <laughs> you got a whole pie collection. So, so what have you got for us tonight? Tonight, I uh, I've always wanted to know sooner when the uh, NOAA hazardous weather radio service is expecting spotter activation. And no better tool than the pie to let me know. Hello, George, Peter, and Tommy. wanted to show you a project I put together using my Raspberry Pi to look up NOAA information off the Internet to alert me of Skywarn uh, opportunities and give me a heads up via email for when the Skywarn spotter activation requirements are sent out from NOAA. The components I used for this project are the Raspberry Pi 3B with the Pixel OS load. Some software that's included if not packaged that comes with the Pi like Bash, Nano, Regular Expressions, Cron, SSMTP, Curl softwares, uh, Internet Access, an external email account that I set up using IMAP and then uh, the actual URL of my local NOAA hazardous we uh, weather outlook statement uh, for my area. One of the softwares is the built-in shell of uh, the Raspberry Pi's Linux-based operating system. In this case, I'm using the Born Again Shell, or Bash, as they call it. You can think of it as the uh, interactive user interface that uh, understands and executes the commands that I uh, wrote in my script. Another software is Nano, which is also built in. And it's simply a text editor that I use to, to write my script. It's also uh, using what they call a regular expression to parse the text from the NOAA uh, hazardous weather outlook file that's downloaded via the script. Then it uses cron which is the built-in timer uh, for the Raspberry Pi and most Linux and Unix uh, servers to schedule uh, what the system checks for, when it checks for it, and what, what it does. Then there's the SSMTP mailer, which simply sends an email alert based on some options that I wrote into the script. Basically an if-then-else statement. Curl is the 
software that goes out and gets the URL from the internet that contains the text that I'm looking for to uh, trigger an alert or a heads up. The script itself, this is it in its entirety, is uh, was put together in a couple hours. I did have to learn some switch options for some of the commands. But other than that, it's very straightforward as far as the uh, function goes. And I don't know that I would consider it totally beginner level. It could It's uh, kind of intermediate, but uh, most programmers would look at this as a beginner. But we are, after all, amateur logic. Right. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. 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 Yep. Okay, the job ran okay. Right. Hmm. Okay, let's give the weather a check outside locally and let's give it a listen. Friday night, partly cloudy. Lows in the upper 60s. Southeast winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. And yep, looks like spotter activation might be needed. Let's check. Nice. To the Sky One Cave, Batman. Looks like I better call up my fellow local weather enthusiast on the repeater. <laughs> I, I, I forgot to give my nerd warning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yes. Amy <laughs> tried to hand out a little acting. Yeah. Hey, that that thing's been running for three months, and sure enough, it tells me every time that job runs, and it works flawlessly. We've had two activations sense and it's notifying me as soon as they make that change on that file it checks about four times a day oh that's cool uh, I, I wouldn't mind setting up something like that myself i i, I don't really do the spotter stuff mm -hmm. um but anyway it'd be nice to, to set that up to get different weather alerts and stuff yeah i'm sure you could modify the script absolutely and and that's one of the things i'm working on right now I've actually got it where it reads uh, audio out of the uh, the Pi's, you know, output jack, the audio out jack here, so that it'll read it over a box or the local repeater, you know, a voice to text or text to voice type thing. That's pretty cool. I, the only problem is I, I need to work with the GPIO to um, get it where it senses whether or not there's a signal there, you know, like a carrier sense. Mm -hmm. well, that was a pretty cool project, though. That was a very cool project. Yeah, did you come up with all that yourself? Yeah. yeah, I wrote the script. I figured out the commands. My favorite was the curl command, and, and 
I've I've learned way more than I think I ever want to know about regular expressions or regex in a bash script because oh, yeah. it seems like it's very powerful, but it also seems like it can get real complicated real quick. Yeah, regular expressions can get kind of nasty. I played around with them some some of the early programming stuff. I try to avoid them when I can, but nope. they they are powerful though. No call yet. Alfred said. An Oscar performance, if I ever saw one. Great work. <laughs> I, um, I almost tried to put a nerd warning or heads up in, in that uh, segment. Yeah. Uh, I Well, it wasn't for Raspberry Pi on the radio automation software, you know, the mm-hmm. latest version I wrote. I've got it doing some retrieving data from uh, NOAA. Oh. And you know, giving it uh, on the screen there for the DJ or whoever to read. And it, that that was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I had to go back. I'd get it working, and everything would be perfect, and then they would change something, and it'd break my code every time. And finally I found where I could get their XML and how to get it. Oh, yeah. And do it with that. It was a lot easier. But a lot of stuff. Somebody, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to add that uh, one of you needs to uh, to do a segment on the uh, the NOAA uh, signaling, um, like the same technology, and and it, it's really come a long way since when I first got into it with uh, with the scanners with the single tone. Now you can you can put in a code based on uh, just uh, to hear your alerts within your own area. Yeah, I think they call yeah, that which is pretty interesting. Same, same. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's how my weather radio at home works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, cool email, and, and you know, like no call, Alfred was saying there that you know, great acting job there. I, Thank I, you, Alfred. I would have not known you from Jimmy. I mean, <laughs> good thing there wasn't a pool around. Good, good thing. Well, we'll be back in just a minute. We got a lot more to go yet, but. First, let's pay a few bills. Okay. Do you need an HF antenna choice that's compact yet efficient? Then check out the new MFJ1835 cobweb antenna. It's a five-band, one-half wave antenna that's perfect for restricted spaces or portable operation. This cobweb antenna design is five one-half wave open-loop wire antennas in one covering 20, 17, 15, 12, and 10 meters, and it handles up to 300 watts. The sky-gray fiberglass spreaders and nearly invisible wire elements blend in with your surroundings while standing tough against nasty weather. The MFJ1835 is horizontally polarized for less local noise pickup, plus it gives you solid gain over vertical antennas, up to 5 dBi gain for working DX easily, even at QRP power levels. There's no need for ground radials with this antenna. Connect your coax to the SO239 feed point, and you'll get low SWR with MFJ's exclusive SpiderMatch broadband network. The radiation pattern is nearly omnidirectional, so you won't need a rotator. Better yet, it measures only 13 feet diagonally and weighs in at just 8 pounds which allows you to mount it with lightweight TV antenna hardware to your chimney, balcony, fence post, 
or most any convenient location. Don't let limited space keep you off the HF bands. Get on the air now with the MFJ 1835 Cobweb half-wave five-band antenna. For more information on this and all the other fine MFJ products, visit MFJEnterprises.com today. That is a, a really nice-looking antenna. Tom. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. If uh, if I keep having to put mine up, I've thought about going with something like that. I was going to go with a vertical, but I just think I want, still want to go stay horizontal. Mm. That For a small antenna, you saw how big it is mm-hmm. out, out in front of the shack here. Uh, 20 meters and up, you know, that's not a very big antenna. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier, Tommy, about how the guy recognized you in the airport over there. Yeah. And the it's how, uncanny. It is. And, you know, it's. I just don't see how you don't have that happening more often. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Mike posted this recently. You know, we do the uh, the Ham College show as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that. And when we do the intro in the front, I introduce myself as Professor Thomas, and you are Dean Martin. Okay, Mike, wh- what did you say uh, about that? You said maybe a lot of the younger kids didn't know who Dean Martin. Was yeah, I think it's probably before their time. Actually, it's probably a little before all of our time, but we we probably caught it in reruns. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a, we're uh, go ahead, George. Yeah, it's a good thing you found this and brought it to our attention. <laughs> oh wow, that's an oldie. Yeah, <clears throat> that was barely remember those days. That was one of your first features, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was Dean Martin as Tommy Martin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I must man. have missed that one. Yeah. That is, that is pretty good. Well, you know, <laughs> you kind of got something started when you did that. Uh, the silencers. Do you, you remember doing that one, Tommy? The silencers? Uh, I don't remember. Well, that whole part of my life is just a well, blur. You were drinking pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you were kind of on a theme there, the silencers, and and then you did that other one too. What was a lot it? of the silence. silence, silence of the hams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a anchor for some fava beans. At, at, at first, it looked like he had a cowboy hat on when I first saw that picture. <laughs> need some fava beans in a nice Chianti now. <laughs> That ain't no cowboy hat. <laughs> no. No, not quite. But um, not to be outdone, we got another. I think you did this one, didn't you, Emil? You dug this one out on the Internet from yeah, somewhere. Yeah, is, is it the rock station? There he is. Yep. I bet y'all didn't know he did an all-rock station, huh? Yep. That was back in your DJ days. That's when rock was real rock. Yep. <laughs> you can tell how cool it was by the sunglasses. You got it. <laughs> I think I pulled that from QR's dad, Tommy. <laughs> these, uh, all, all these pictures would be great for QSL cards. They would. And, <laughs> of course, you haven't don't seen forget, this. Don't forget my sidekick. 
Yeah, this is, uh, we did this picture together. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Mike, you did this, didn't you? Uh, guilty as charged. Yeah, it looks like some of your work. <laughs> those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, to those are pretty awesome. I'd like to have a big poster with all those on it. You know, you remember the one, the Duck Dynasty one? Mm -hmm. I, I wish I had like a really super high resolution of that one. I swear I would make a poster of it. That was on the good. Wall. That that was really good. That's probably my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, but uh, they're they're all great. But that was probably my favorite one. <laughs> I don't know, man. The silencers. That was pretty the good silencers. one too. Yeah, that, there was yeah, a lot of eye candy. In that's that the one. good old days. Yeah. My wife won't let me shoot movies like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, there's a guy over in the chat room right now that uh, I was chatting with in email a little earlier. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think email knows. Uh, do you know KC5KWZ email? Do I know KC5KWZ? He's the reason I'm a ham operator today. He he would walk around. We worked together a while back and walk around uh, taunting me with that Kenwood HT, and he just dragged me right in. It's uh, John Britton, my yeah. friend. He he comes up here to the Hamptons mm -hmm. every year. And he was looking for some solder paste. You remember uh, I used that Cash Olsen yeah. solder paste to that. do that surface mount work with? Well, he said Cash Olsen is not not replying to his emails and he was trying to come up with some solder paste oh. and you know it's it's hard to buy it and not buy a large quantity but he found something and we don't know for sure about it he he bought it anyway this came from i think he said home depot oh interesting. it's solder paste silver yeah. bearing solder paste and it was relatively depot, cheap huh? yeah Wow. $7 or something like that. What would nice. they recommend that for at Home Depot? For plumbing? That's a good question. I just couldn't imagine using something like that for plumbing. Yeah. Well, they say it's, I can't read it from here, but I think it says it's good for uh, electrical wiring, printed circuit boards, and all. You can tell because they got the torch there. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what you want to use for printed circuit boards. I've seen I've seen that before. Yeah, that's what Jim uses. Mm -hmm. Yep. So anyway, thanks for the tip, John. He's going to try it out too, and yeah, uh, let us know. Yeah, definitely let us know how, how it works. works out. Yeah, that, that is. He said he he said he got it today. Yeah. Yep. I want to see how it turns out. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, that's. I mean, everybody's got a Home Depot close by, pretty much. Pretty much. Not. Not for plumbing, he says, Tommy. Not for plumbing. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I've done a lot of soldering on copper copper pipes before. I've never used any soldering paste on them. Well, Mike, you've been working on that ballon there. And what what kind of got you started in that direction? Well, George, I, you know, I, I started collecting the parts. It started with the toroids, and mm -hmm. I thought, that those toroids would make a nice ballon. Much like a lot of the parts I buy at uh, like at electronic stores, I usually buy them without a purpose in, at the time, and and this was one of them. And I, I got to be honest with you, by the time I I started building this thing and adding up the cost of the parts, <laughs> yeah. um, I probably could have built, I probably could have bought one commercially for around the same price, but um, 
it's it's certainly heavy duty, um, and I've never done a project like that before. So I wanted to to try my hand at it. At it, I've made one to one balance before choke balance, but uh, never a four to one. So uh, it was just one of those things that hey, I thought I'd give it a try, and I did. Hi everyone, Mike V3MIC here. I'm going to show you a ballon that I constructed recently for a new wire antenna that I have plans to install later. If any of you have used an off-center fed dipole or similar, you know that these antennas require a ballon. The height that the antenna is installed will determine what ratio ballon you'll need. In my case, and as well as for most installations, we'll need to use a 4 to 1 current ballon. Using a 4 to 1 ballon as an example, not only are we coupling a balanced antenna feed point to an unbalanced feed line, off-center fed dipoles have a feed point impedance of approximately 200 ohms when installed around 30 feet above ground. This would require a 4 to 1 ballon in order to deal with the 200 ohm to 50 ohm impedance mismatch. If a single core 4 to 1 ballon were to be used, a 1 to 1 current ballon would also be required. It's interesting to note that the Carolina Wyndham, which is a variation of the classic Wyndham, uses a single core 4 to 1 ballon at the antenna's feed point and a 1 to 1 choke or current ballon at approximately 9 to 10 feet from the feed point on the feed line. After much reading about current ballons, I'm convinced that winding on separate cores is needed when constructing a 4 to 1 current ballon for use with off-center fed dipole antennas. Without isolated or separate cores, there's no way to stop the feed line from radiating. Let's review the list of materials for the 4 to 1 current ballon. We'll need two 240mm toroid cores, type 61 or K material, a 4x4 weatherproof enclosure, Sixteen feet of number fourteen copper wire. This is solid wire. I used fourteen two house wiring with the insulation removed. You will also need sixteen feet of Teflon tubing. This will replace the insulation that you remove from the number fourteen wire. Teflon tape is optional, but if you wind several layers around the toroid, this will make spacing out your returns much easier. Eight inches of eight inch heat shrink tubing or spaghetti. An SO239 RF chassis connector. Three quarter inch by two inch eye bolts. Three quarter inch number 20 nylock nuts. Three quarter inch by one and one quarter fender washers. If you drill your enclosure one size smaller than your hardware, you can thread the hardware into the plastic. This way, you can provide a watertight seal against the elements. Installing the SO239 chassis connector requires one large hole in the center and four additional holes for the mounting hardware. Here we can see our enclosure with the three eye bolts installed along with the SO239 chassis connector. Even though our enclosure is watertight, I drilled four tiny holes at the bottom to allow any condensation buildup to escape. Using our Teflon tape, We'll be wrapping several layers of tape around each toroid. We're going to wind 14 turns of our previously sleeved 14 gauge copper wire around each toroid. Now we're going to do this two at a time and at each turn we're going to slip a piece of that previously cut shrink tubing in order to keep those two wires together as we wind our turns. 
In this image, you can see our two wound cores. They're now stacked and secured with zip ties. I've also taken the leads and put additional heat shrink tubing on them and attached them to the terminals. Here's an image of our finished ballon. You'll note that the two eye bolts on each side provide strain relief for the connections to the ballon itself. Next time, we'll have a closer look at the completed ballon and see how it measures up. Also, due to copyright issues, I was not able to sing the amateur logic theme. Until next time, 7-3 from VE3MIC. <laughs> you know, oh. it, the only... Rules are... Those are rules. <laughs> yeah. The only copyright issue there is with the guy doing the scratching. All the rest of it's public oh, domain. Oh, is it? Yeah. Just that one little thing. Just that one little thing. Well, Mike, that looked like, uh, that looked very familiar to me. I'll say that. Um, and a really heavy-duty ballad. Yeah, that's a nice, it's a nice project. And that, that sucker's not going anywhere, man, in that box. So... Well, my grandfather used to have a saying, and that saying was, if you're going to do a job, do it right the first time. And <laughs> this thing's built like the Queen Mary, and yeah. I figured if I was going to build one, I might as well build it as industrial strength. And uh, I, I have no idea what the power handling will be, but certainly a lot more than what I'll ever put into it. I use a, uh, a four-to-one ballon on a, uh, I have a multi-band uh, delta loop, and that straightens that thing out for that purpose nice now does yours have two cores or one core because that was a big debate whether or not you could build a proper four to one ballon with a single core uh, well i i i cheaped out and bought mine so i'm, I'm not <laughs> oh, sure but of it. course you did <laughs> <laughs> i'd be disappointed if you didn't <laughs> you do have a reputation to uphold yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it looks like a nice project, though. I I didn't never thought about wrapping the uh, Teflon tape around there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you don't have to, but um, I I did it because I'll, I'll tell you, it, it wasn't easy uh, wrapping. Uh, you know, two at a time. Number fourteen solid copper wire. My hands were pretty tired when mm-hmm. I got finished yeah. doing that, and. I was glad that I did wrap it with the Teflon tape because otherwise, um, I think it would have been more difficult to kind of spread them out. Did if you I didn't com- use that tape? Did you come up with that to wrap it with the Teflon tape? Um, I don't recall seeing anybody else doing it. Um, I just figured it was extra protection too, in case yeah. uh, you know maybe I I nicked one of the one of the uh, Teflon because that Teflon tubing is very thin. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought if I if I wrap it with the te- uh, wrap the toroid with the Teflon tape, um, it, it may help if if I happen to uh, to nick the uh, the tubing. Yeah, and it helps prevent leakage too. K two B A G K two B A G said it's definitely not the ugly Balin, and then Arnie no. said it's the pretty Balin. Yeah, <laughs> I've built plenty of those ugly balance, um, but. Um, yeah, I, again, um, by the time I added up all the parts cost, I probably could have bought one. But you probably recognize, it seems to be a pop. This is a Carlon electrical uh-huh. uh, 4x4 box, and it's got a nice gasketed um, a lid for it. And I've seen a lot of balance made with this particular uh, uh, enclosure. And, and this just came from one of the uh, big box 
orange yeah. hardware stores. Well, that was <laughs> nice, Mike. We'll be interested to hear how that comes along. Well, things are greening up nicely here, and things are starting to dry up. So uh, I want to replace my uh, G5RV with an off-center fed just to give it a try. And, and of course, you need a, you need a 4-to-1 balance for one of those. Um, and, of course, uh, it needs to be isolated as well. Um, so that's why I built it with 2-core. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Emil, you've got... Uh what, where did this come from? I, this doesn't look like a Google Plus post to me. What have you got for us tonight? It was a uh, Facebook um, post in the Amateur Logic TV forum there. And uh, if we're talking about the same thing, this was from uh, Les Norton, mm-hmm. G4JNW, Golf 4 Juliet November Whiskey. Um, looks like he's in the UK. And... Uh, he writes, I always enjoy your program. I'm too a cheapskate meal. <laughs> good, good job. Although that's because my pension doesn't stretch, and I do enjoy building antennas. I don't remember ever seeing any two-meter antenna building projects. Maybe good to see simple delta or square loops. Not magnetic, as they are more complicated. I recently got myself a Pi 3, downloaded PiWare, and built a 1090 megahertz coax collinear for aircraft tracking. Amateur radio is a very wide hobby. Have been licensed ham for quite a few years. Say hi in May for me as, as it's his 65th birthday, 73. So happy birthday to you, Les. And George, <laughs> we took we took that. It, it's, he sent that email while I was in the yard um, basically working on my uh, Delta Loop. Oh. Um, so I said, okay, let me scale it just for the heck of it. And sure enough, I built, and you can follow that thread there, um, in Facebook, but I built the Delta loop two meter to stick in my attic antenna and it's, it's working great. Wow. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to be back in a moment here because, uh, Peter's going to show us what he's been building. Cool. But first let's get a message from ICOM. Get out and get mobile with ICOM this spring. Base stations, mobile transceivers, handhelds, and more, ICOM has all the equipment to help make your spring full of adventure. Communicate with the touch of your fingertips. Perfect for small spaces, the IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option to communicate anywhere. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick intuitive operation, large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Travel outdoor and enjoy the spring air. Back for a limited time, the IC7200 is a great option for hams wanting a rugged device to carry out into the field. Simple and tough with IFDSP, digital noise reduction, and a USB port for PC control. Ideal for the ham on the go, try the IC7300. It's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design, RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur and learn more about all the great ICOM radios. Peter, you've had uh, a couple of different projects going on there. I know one that you were working on for quite a while, and we talked about it a little bit. Do you want to update us on that? 
Yeah, sure. I went went and did a spot of bloom flying. Um, I bought one of uh, uh, what is it, Bill Brown's WB8 ELKs uh, transmitters, and uh, flew that. And also, um, I've uh, recycled an old laptop screen, which is very easy to do. So I've, I've quickly covered those two topics and how things went. Hello, everyone. Some time ago, I did a segment on flying payloads on hot air balloons. I had planned to build an Arduino-based transmitter myself, but had great difficulties getting a payload to be under 50 grams. Instead, I decided to purchase one of Bill Brown WB-8 ELK's balloon transmitters, otherwise known as the Sky Tracker. The Sky Tracker is an amazing device. It weighs only 11 grams and is solar-powered. Furthermore, it transmits an approximate location using the WSPR mode, and this can be received thousands of miles away, even though the power output is quite small. I launched my Sky Tracker on a party balloon from Alinda on the top of Mount Dandenong. The balloon rose up into the sky, and I went home to track it. Ultimately, however, only six packets of data sent over a 30-minute period were received. Thanks to the help of Bill Brown and others, I've determined that over the 30-minute period, the balloon floated northwards for a few kilometres and rose to a height of about three kilometres. After that, nothing further was heard from the Sky Tracker. It's likely that one of two things happened. Either some moisture got into the circuitry and shorted the transmitter, or, and this is more likely, the party balloon expanded too much due to its altitude and burst, sending the Sky Tracker to the ground. I probably should have been a little more precise in the way I filled the balloon with helium, but nevertheless it does illustrate the risks associated with flying amateur radio trackers on party balloons. Well, whilst that wasn't a raging success, at least my balloon flew for a little while and I was able to track it. And it actually got to at least 3 kilometers high, which is pretty cool. So, uh, a little later in the year, I might have another go at this. Anyway, the other thing I was going to show you this month is uh, this old laptop of mine. As you can see, I've removed the screen. The laptop was a bit old and uh, running slow. I could have put Linux on it, but I've got another laptop with Linux, so that wasn't such a great idea. But what you may not know is that you can actually reuse uh, the uh, LCD screens in these old laptops. And that's what I've done here. I've got the LCD screen, and if I turn around, you'll see these two boards. Now, you can buy these off the internet, and uh, they're driver boards for the LCD. What you do is you take the LCD panel out of the, uh, the laptop, and you look for the serial number, which in this case is an LTN156 AT05. Now, you search for driver board, and that number on eBay, and you'll find there's a number of different driver boards that you can get uh, for your LCD panel. Now, uh, these driver boards uh, will have differing inputs. In other words, uh, for example, this one has just got VGA only, but you can get driver boards that come with VGA, composite input, uh, and even HDMI. You might pay a little bit more for those, uh, those boards that have got the extra inputs. What you do is you uh, put this into a frame of some kind, and as you can see, I've put a, uh, a wooden frame together, 
and um, you can, uh, as best you can, uh, put these uh, the boards at the back, and you very carefully plug the 30-pin connector into the back here, making sure that you don't uh, you don't bend it. Ideally, you should tape that down um, so that it's uh, there's no pressure on it. Uh, over here on this little board, you've got a number of uh, uh, little switches, and they're just like the switches on the back of your television. You can uh, press them and uh, they'll, they bring up a menu on the LCD screen and you can adjust the position, the brightness, etc, etc, etc. The only other thing you need is a 12 volt power supply like this and that plugs into the side here. So let's fire this up and we'll see if it works. I've hunted around in my junk box and I found this. This is an old 3 amp 12 volt power supply. And I found a plug that suits uh, the driver board. And what I've also done is I got a Raspberry Pi Model 2 and I've connected that up. And we're now going to see whether the screen works or not. So let's apply some power. And lo and behold, the, uh, the screen works perfectly. And that's really handy because if you're working on your Raspberry Pi and uh, you at the same time you want to be able to use your uh, main screen on your computer to look up something about the Raspberry Pi well you need that extra screen so there's one way of getting yourself relatively cheaply uh, an extra screen for use with your Raspberry Pi. Peter that was pretty cool. Well, it's a, it's a great use of an old screen. Um, uh, the good thing is, when, if you, once you've made a screen like that, there's so many uses you can use it for. I mean, you can turn it into a picture frame. You could get a TV dongle and pipe TV through to it. Um, the sky's the limit. I guess that's going to wind it up for tonight. Uh, we've we've had a good show. It was a little different tonight. We had a yeah. lot of projects on there. Yeah, it's, it's a good show, I think. And I'm glad all y'all did the projects because I've been working on a big project all week and I didn't shoot any video. So you got a big, oh, no big segment next time? Man, I didn't have time to <laughs> stop. No now. tales from the transmitter site? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we need to gather around Mike's tubes and you need to tell us some tales from the transmitter site. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we probably should, but. I don't really have any real good tales other than it was hot, and there's an awful lot of work to do. Hey, looking yeah. at you, it must have been pretty sunny, too, because yeah. you look like you got some sun. I did You've been, you've been working on your tan. Well, I was under a 1,000-foot tower. Oh, that's an RF tan. No, it's not. I didn't go <laughs> up on it. But I, I was, you know, putting transmitters in a building. But I did come outside some because I had uh, a tower crew there that hung three antennas on, on that tower. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I, I have to go outside some and tell them, you know, how where I wanted this put and all such as that. And when you're standing out there looking like that for a long time, man, you get a crick in your <laughs> neck back there that won't wait. Yeah. I guess before we go, we need to do a little housekeeping here, you know. Did we make a mess? Well... If it ain't over yet. That's usually Ham College we make the mess on. Yeah. We, <clears throat> we forgot to make an announcement, George. We did? We did. Uh, what announcement was that, Mike? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. 
Oh. Happy, who's, happy birthday, Mike. I didn't know it was your birthday, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Tom. Happy birthday, yeah, Tom. Not until tomorrow, but thanks. Yep. Yep. 25. 25. Should we sing, it, should we sing it to him, guys? So, no. uh, so you were like, what, 14 <laughs> when we started the show? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> You could, that would have been you 13. Tell there's a little more gray in your yeah, beard now than there was back then. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, no, thank you. Yeah. Er- earlier, we showed those pictures that uh, John had for us mm-hmm. of the hat traveling around the Amateur Logic hat. Yeah. Where did John get that hat from, Tommy? He got it at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com, the Amateur Logic swag store. We've got some Amateur Logic and some Ham College goodies in there. Yep, some of both. Some of both both flavors. Uh, the T-shirts, the polo shirts, the sweatshirts. Jackets. The jackets, caps. All kind of good stuff. Now, I need to put a few more things on there. I yeah. We need some tweakers. We need some Amateur, not, amateur Logic tweakers. Yeah, the, the screwdriver kind of tweakers uh-huh. now, not the, you know. <laughs> Not the others. But, um, where are we going with this? Well, where we're going is, if you want some good amateur logic swag, here's where you get it. Tom and I are going to be going to Dayton in May to Hamvention. Yeah, looking forward to it. And we're going to be looking for people wearing the swag, wearing the colors. You yep. know, we see people at, at most of the Hamfests, well, all the Hamfests we go to, that might maybe have the hat, maybe yeah, have the t-shirt, t-shirt whatever. And Jacket. we get video of them quite yep. often. But uh, we kind of wanted, you know, it's a new year at Dayton, a new uh, a new location. We, yeah. we kind of want to celebrate that. Yeah, we want to show up there in a big way. In a big way. So until we run out of them. We're going to be giving away. How, how are you going to win this, Tommy? If you come, if you come up to us wearing the Amateur Logic colors, be it a cap, a jacket, t-shirt, whatever, what are they, what are they going to win, George? They are going to win a gold <laughs> PL259 nose ring. <laughs> no, it's not really And you don't ring. have to wear it there. You can wait and save it for later. Oh, but, that's not private Tommy stock, is it? Yes, it is. It's official Amateur Logic Tommy swag. Man. Your own gold two P- PL259 while supplies last. Yep. So if we see you. And we'll, and you'll take get your picture taken and end up on Amateur Logic. Yeah, good. Sure. Yep. There really we got chance a camera. Of that. I always got a camera. That's true. You always do. So, so if you're coming yeah. to the Hamvention this year. Be sure to bring your Amateur Logic swag and wear it, and then find us. Yep. And mm. what, yeah, what you draw a blank. Say? Yeah, I pretty much did. That's pretty much the whole instruction set right yeah. there. We've only got about a thousand of these, so you know it's limited quantity. <laughs> get them, yeah, get them while supplies last. Yep. They'll be going fast. So. Anyway, and it, and there could be some other stuff. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, who anyway, knows? C- come up there and uh, wear your amateur logic swag and represent well. So. Yeah. 
And I uh, hope to, hope to see. You. Be sure to shake. Our, even if you don't, be sure to uh, stop and shake your hands. You know, if you see us there. Yeah, we don't. We that's, don't. A, that's the best part about going is getting to meet the people. It is. We don't care if you got the swag on or not. If you just want to yeah. say hello, if you do have the swag though, uh, we salute you. Yeah. Cheers. It's not because we're making a lot of money off the swag. It pretty it's just much kind of helps get the it, name so out. It just it yeah, helps spread the yeah, word. We're not really making anything to speak of well, off of that. Yeah. Then there's the prestige of the best dressed ham club, right? Well, there uh-huh. is. <laughs> and you know we should probably see if they could do a, a Hamvention award for that every yeah. year. Yeah. No, that's no. We're we're gonna do it. But it won't be a single winner. It'll be uh, yeah. Everybody's a winner. Winners. Okay. Uh, what else do we need to talk about before we go? I think we that pretty much covered it, except for the social network thing that's on the screen right there. That's interesting. How it just yeah. popped up to you. Yeah. To your kinda, mind all, all of a sudden, sudden, I had a. It came back to me. Yeah. Uh, be sure and check us out on the social networks. We're on facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv for the Amateur Logic group. Well, there's also a ham college group on there. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's probably the same as group slash ham college. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also, where else are we, George? Uh, we're also on uh, on the Google Plus community. And Mike's, you know, a big supporter of that community. What's the link, Mike? <laughs> can't read it yeah. from here, George. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club. I'm viewing from a, a two-inch box on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> But it is there. Trust me. It's there. Trust us. I just saw an opportunity to put you on the spot. So, you know, I had to take it. Even, even with that URL shortener, it's still a mouthful. Yeah. Yep. You know, just, just go to uh, Google Plus and uh, the communities and search for Amateur Logic. And Ham College. We have both College. there also. Yeah. And we're and also on Twitter. Twitter. The, the Twitters. That's huge, isn't it? It man? is. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Um, anyway, search for Amateur Logic or Ham College. So, um, we, we're, we're not real active on Twitter. We post a few things here and there, but usually we post when we're going to do these live streams for sure. Um, yep. Then you never know what else is going to happen. You never know. Yeah. If we have... If we have start using the hashtag ALTV. Hmm. What's Hmm. that? What? Hmm. Like so lucky Mill. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't whistle first. You got to approach it. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've got some plans for some interesting stuff coming from Dayton this time. So stay stay tuned on the uh, social media stuff. I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going to put say it on the show here, but I'll I'll tell you when we get finished. He hadn't even told me yet, so we'll but, have to. Uh, so stay see. tuned. Does, stay tuned does, during. Does one there. of them involve one of these? Oh, I can't find the well, mouse. Instead of Raspberry Pi Zero, oh. it's a zero W. Oh no! Oh, but I actually w. got mine. Oh. When I was in oh, Dallas well, a week or so ago, I went to a Micro Center, and they happened to have some in stock, so I bought one. Mm-hmm. But you didn't get mine. They were going to charge me an extra five bucks to get another one. Really? Yeah, it was like ten dollars for one, fifteen dollars for the second one, twenty dollars if you got a third one. Wow, that's a so. 
I, I, sorry, man. I like you okay and everything, but I stopped at the extra five bucks. Email would have had a heart attack. I almost did. <laughs> but actually, I'm going back this weekend. This week, if I get a chance, if I have some, I'll grab an extra one. And there's one other thing we need to mention, isn't it, Peter? Uh, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like being put oh, yeah. on the spot. Yeah. What, what, what are we supposed to be mentioning? He uh, must not be able to see the screen. In, uh. in. It's, what does our uh, friend Dan take oh, care of? Oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> it would have something to do with a wiki, would it? Uh, a wiki yeah. would it. That's uh, we it. We have a wiki at amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. And who does that for us, George? That's Dan in that LVS, yeah. and I think he's probably yeah, He's in the chat there. room. He's in there. He's in there. Yeah, thanks for doing that, Dan. Yeah, he does a great job. Really appreciate that, Dan. Yeah. Yep. He was so on here with the summary score. of the... Sorry? New Year's. He was on, yeah. on the New Year's Eve show. Yeah, when I missed. Yeah. Hopefully, I see Dan at uh, Dayton this year. They usually come. But I think yeah. he didn't make it last year for some reason. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. So yeah. that'll give you a good summary of all the shows that we've done and uh, the various topics that we covered. So check it out. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. a good resource. Uh, every time, anytime you ask us what show was something in, that's where we go look. I actually did that today for someone and emailed yeah. them the link back. Well, thanks for being here, everyone. Uh, a fine show. Mike, good to be with you here tonight. Uh, glad that you could make it in with us again. We'll look forward to having you again soon. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it looks mighty toasty in there to me. You might want to <laughs> check your filament voltage. You're going to get tanned like George. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here's, that, the, uh, here's that Grendig. I was telling you about a few minutes okay. ago, and uh, yeah. there it is. There, I just put a switch on the back push button switch. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for whenever you want to enable the BFO, hmm. cool. it works quite well. Although I find, being that it's an inexpensive radio, especially with a single sideband station, it tends to drift. So yeah. you're you you know it's almost not quite having one hand on the dial all the time but every every so so few minutes you have to readjust yeah speaking of that uh i said i was going to look up the one that uh that ted randall was uh, mentioning on mm-hmm. the show and it was a sea crane sky wave yeah it's a little thing about the size of the palm of your hand this hand that's on the screen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, CC Crane Company, they make uh, some really nice products. Uh I'm always tempted to order order something from them. I I haven't yet, but uh I'll probably uh, look at their catalog and find something, but uh Yeah. I email, think I, I had one of those uh those Grundig G5s and they have the single sideband built in as you mentioned, and they work quite well as well. And um they're not very expensive at all. I think they're maybe $40, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the one I was talking about, I think, was the G three, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I've never seen the five personally. Well, thanks for being with us tonight. We'll see you for Ham College in a couple of weeks. Yep, uh, near the end of the month, and back Fometer Logic. Right uh, before we go to Dayton. Yeah, right before we get on the plane, huh? Yeah, won't be long. So anyway, we'll see hey, you. You're next not time. flying. You're not flying United, are you? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think. I'm flying American. I might. You probably get a good price on United tickets right now, Peter. 
I think you might. I'll, you I'll might drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. um, yeah. Anyway, no worries. Um, what one of you guys is making a lot of racket? I'm not sure who. Yeah. I was talking. It wasn't a meal. I mean, we. we he, yeah, he was making a lot of racket, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs>